All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rock, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? You guys need to be the muscle of a bird. I'm in my prime. cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nubis here. Middle Time Radio Podcast, episode 88 of The Hordes of Chaos. That is, a, today, we're literally doing this on Halloween, even though this is not our Halloween special. Yeah, we did that last week, but we're a little bit ahead of the game, because we wanted to be in prepare, preparation, because this episode only show up until next week anyway. But it's kind of fun, like, I know I'm probably, like, the Halloween Grinch, but I kept saying to Anubis, I'm like turn off the light i don't want any fucking kids coming to our door like it's this neighborhood is a mixed bag you've got some like really good people but then like and because our neighborhood is very big you have some good people then you have some real pieces of shit in this neighborhood and i hate to sound like that but it's true like it's a huge neighborhood kind of like down on a little peninsula and we're towards like the end of the peninsula. And it sound she's making it sound better than it actually is. Peninsula makes it sound like we're in Florida or some shit. But I mean or... we are surrounded on three sides our neighborhood by water. That's what a peninsula is. Right. And um you know cuz we have a couple of parks and but, but they're It's not fancy. It's not fancy, but it's it's just like um a, a typical Baltimore row home neighborhood, but then we have some surrounding areas where we have like um there in on the same peninsula there's some single family homes. There's um, some larger, fancy homes. I, I don't know. I don't even know, like where my aunt lives. It's it's a four level condominium type townhome, and then there's the apartments. So it's just like a mixed bag and some single family homes, you know, right on the water. So for us, like, we don't know what we're gonna get. Cause then there's like one section that's strictly for like low income. Uh, we, I don't want to say low income because that's mean, but like it's where all like the problems are, and I don't want them to come down to our area and bring their problems. 
But they'll probably bust our pumpkins because we're not giving out gifts. But we're leaving. We're leaving in a little while to go and celebrate. Mm, we haven't had any issues with that really in the past. So I, I don't, I mean, unless there's I just... think because we're so deep in the neighborhood, nobody, it, we're so far in this neighborhood because there's like one way in and one way out. That... Now down by where your friend lives, like that whole block last year was like uh, just I know. They, well, they do that on purpose. They actually park their cars to shut down the street. Because they don't want anybody like coming in and out to um, to hit the kids. Cause... That's like freaking Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, it really is. There's people. They grill out in the middle of the street. Everybody like, but we don't do that. Like, cause kind of where we are, there's a lot of older people in the section of the, in this section of the neighborhood. We were kind of surprised because across the street, a family moved in and they have four kids, and I'm like. Holy shit, it's noisy. <laughs> they're out there and they're just playing. And I'm like, wow, it's only four kids. And they're just like, <laughs> I can imagine because you know that old lady on the corner. Every once in a while she has her granddaughter, but her granddaughter's like 12 and she practices her cheerleading and dancing on the on the front yard. But these are little kids. And I, I can imagine what some of these old people are like, oh. Because they are all across the street. The guy that had the... Uh, when my car was hit by the bicycle, the guy, he, that, oh, yeah. yeah, they're all old, yeah. old, retired people Bloody over there. old foggy area. Yeah. Which is kind of good, I like, you know, because we're, it's just the two of us. We don't really do anything, and we just kind of keep quiet, so I know we're not disturbed. Once a year, we disturb our neighbors, and that's when our friends come to visit us. Our own death yeah. Rest, yeah. <laughs> but usually. We get rowdy. Usually, you wouldn't even know if we were home at no. all. So, uh, today's show, we've got some cool topics to get to. A lot of new music, as usual. Uh, new stuff from Levi's. Also, Coexistence. Levi's, yeah. Yep, they're still around. Paul Bearer. Um, what else we got? Nightmare. And then some stuff from some uh, labels and promotional sites like Metalist PR, Atomic uh, Stuff, Vlad, Metal Message, and so on. So, a lot of good stuff coming your way. Speaking of new stuff, kicking off our... Well, first I want to get to... We did have a recent passing, which sucks. I know, and it, it kind of, like, breaks my heart, because you know how much I love him. Like, just in general, as a person and an actor. Yeah, Sir Sean Connery, the original James Bond, uh, passed away at age 90. They said he hadn't been doing well health-wise. I'm not sure exactly what he had that was ailing I mean, him, it could have just been old-age ailments. As you get older, everything... I mean... Look at having an old car. Everything starts... You are going to be an old car one day. Right. You'll be a classic, a vintage I'm car. I'm a classic. You are. You're, you're a classic car. <laughs> and so he... um they, they obviously... They said he was surrounded by his family in... Uh, was it Bermuda? Bahamas. The Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, my God. And um, he loved being a Scot. That is one thing, like, I... Just any anything you read about him and he was very much for you know scottish liberation and He's so, basically what you call like a national treasure oh, yes god love him just such besides just being handsome and like the perfect james bond but he everything about him is just class and an amazing actor so if you had to think about it, what was his your favorite movie that he was in? Hmm, hmm, hmm. That's a tough one because, um, Highlander. 
That's probably what I would go with. It's either that. I mean, I loved him. I don't because James Bond. I kind of group it all together as in the seven movies that he was in. But like for me, like I'm trying to not think of James Bond. It would probably be Highlander. Yeah, it's either that or uh, Untouchables. Maybe um, The Rock. The Rock was a really good one. Um, League Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, That's a lot of fun. So he's had some pretty cool roles, but I think Highlander, just playing opposite Christopher Lambert, was one of my favorite roles that he was in, of course. So at age 90, Mr. Connery passes, and we hopefully rest in peace. Good man, good actor. Got to be back in the day when he can slap women on the ass. And say, it's man talk, baby. It's man talk. Man talk. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, I know, me too, not good, not feminist, but I always... Different time. That's what I say. I look at things in the eye of when it was happening. You can't rewind and say, Sean Connery, back in 1960, that was bad. You can't change the past. You can only learn from it and make a more, I don't know, cohesive future. Right. But I, I really think because I, as they are changing the bonds every, you know, for every generation, I feel like he is like the quintessential bond of his generation. And then like Roger Moore Mm -hmm. and then like, I love Daniel Craig. I know he's like real done being James Bond, but I, I loved that they kind of. And And they did that. They kind of. From his particular version, they never really used the whole sexism thing. Mm, they it. made him like a super spy. He a... was just like a really badass. <laughs> he just wanted mm-hmm. to kill people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now of course, you know, have got talks of, I don't know, female version of it or whatever. Can but... they just make Idris Elba James Bond and... Yeah, Sparris, like all the other stuff. Let's just, let's get Eldris. Let's... I don't need a woman... I, I I get it. I, I I should be happy if there is because I'm a woman and I should be happy. Well, it's it's fine to make a spy, and they've done that with different characters. But like, it, sometimes just forcing a square peg in a round hole just doesn't it doesn't really appeal to me very much. Um, it's one thing if it's a natural thing. If they had done this like 20 years ago, you know, we would like okay, whatever. You know, we probably still wouldn't have liked it because we're so used to the the men playing Bond. But at least then there wasn't like I all think this you're right. I think I think you're right. Like right now, with everybody is like you have. It feels like you are forcing women into roles just because. Oh, you gotta have a woman do something. Right. And it's I like, mean, I understand too because I am I in my job. I'm the only female in my department and the only female who does this in the entire world and sales. There are two women, though, in the factory who do it, but they don't do it like I do because you have, like, in the factory, it's a factory. You have one role. I do all the, you know. But I get it because everybody wants a token woman, and, man, they love me being their token woman. They're like, it's my, t- it's my but token it's, girl. But it's not like, you know, there was other women that tried out for this. No, nobody thing. wanted to do this job. Well, I thought some had tried but didn't pass the test and all that. No, the two women that are in the factory did it but they you know they don't they don't travel like i do they do it in the factory they do one specific thing like they might be molders or they might be uh fusion people where when for the people who are on the ship you have to learn how to do the entire process because it has to be done you know while you're out there when you're in the factory it's a 24-hour operation yes but it's just like kind of any assembly line you got one person doing one thing then you pass it down another person does another thing and you pass it down 
And I was actually very happy when I went to the factory and did a tour that I was like, there's two chicks in here. This is awesome. There's two chicks doing, doing jointing. This is amazing. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I have a couple of friends who are probably more, uh, what do you call it? Hands-on or hand tool capable than I was before I even started this job. And I've, I brought it up to them and one of them, I think she might actually change her mind and do it because she recently lost her job. But the other one is like, she does body work and she's like, I can't, I have dogs and I love my dogs. I don't want to travel and leave my dogs. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm, I have a husband, you know, he can take care of the house while I'm gone. But it's, it's crazy. Like back to, you know, Mrs. 007, I think you're right because right now everybody wants like, oh, we got to have a woman in this role and it feels almost forced. But if we did it 20 years ago, it wouldn't have felt as forced because it would have been seen as more like revolutionary or, right. or interesting because, you know, people weren't calling for all this. Women have to have this and women have right. to have that. And, you know, for any type of job, whether you are doing something more traditionally uh, male, like being a soldier or a firefighter or police officer, you know, I there's always been women in those roles. And for me, as long as whatever job in those departments that you end up getting, as long as you can do the job physically and mentally, I don't care who it is. You know, they. I, I think it's important to try to make it known that these jobs are out there for women. Same thing with 007. Job opening. Oh, that's what they should do. They should have, like, <laughs> a movie about finding the next 007. We're gonna have... Try yeah, we, who wants Joker to? Style. Who wants to be a spy? <laughs> All right, let's get into our music. Okay, um, what's next? 2017, Nivian A uh, or Nivian, a band from California, Sacramento, California, uh, released a Druid King power metal band. Um, fucking was an amazing record. I had never heard of them until that point, and their debut was awesome. Uh, they released a new one now. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Divine. And shortly after the Druid King came out, I uh, hit up, I think it was actually Norman Skinner, the singer, who actually hit me up on Facebook. We became friends. We talked a little bit here and there. Uh, it's been a little while since the release, three years, but the new record's really good. Uh, I'd probably rate it like a 9 out of 10. Not quite as good as Druid King, but it's still very strong. I enjoyed it a lot. We're going to kick off this block with some Nivion, with some Levi's also in there. Uh, this is called... Nibian? Yep, same title as the band. Self-titled song. Right.
my back. Back at you. Oh, back at you. No, I'm not a good rapper. I'm trying. Back that ass up. That I can do that. I have a, a pretty big butt. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko with the big butt. <laughs> Episode 88. Came across an article last week, earlier in the week, where Netflix, of course, does their annual, like, oh, what we're keeping, what we're dropping. Yeah, they kind of do that every, like, couple of so. years, not years, goodness, every couple of months to, uh, almost like quarterly. Um, I know right now on the chopping block is one, everybody's favorite, The Office, because, um, NBC has decided to... <laughs> to open their own uh, streaming service, I guess, Peacock. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of like what I do. Like, I'm probably going to do this. I, I purchase a lot of these series that I like from Amazon, like, used or whatever. And um, so I'll probably purchase The Office from Amazon or some other eBay, whatever. So... A lot of people are real disappointed about The Office being, it's the end of December, I think. And you know I like The Office, and you know I love Netflix, and it's an easy thing for me to just fall asleep to. I put it on while we're going to bed, and it's great. But um, I think Peacock thinks that they're going to pull in all these Office fans, and they might because it is nice to have just a simple streaming service on your smart TV to, to turn it on, but... But I know they were doing the whole Harry Potter thing. They had, like, all the movies or something. And they lost them? Netflix did? No, but Peacock, is, you know, it's one of these newer things that are out there, and it's what they were advertising was their marathon with all the oh, Harry Potter Isn't um, Friends NBC as well? Because I think Friends is leaving Netflix to go to Peacock, so all these NBC entities are leaving Netflix to go to Peacock. And for a while, Netflix just felt it was okay to spend well, the money for the rights but well, when finding, peacock started they're like nope yeah well you're finding a lot of these companies now that are doing these apps you know the ones like hbo uh peacock whatever netflix they all have got their own material and that's the thing they're trying to do is to because they know that they don't own the actual rights to a lot of stuff they were putting out there so now they're making their own content and netflix's case they're doing a pretty good job with that but some of the things that they have um, that are good, like there, apparently there was another article out there that had like some of these other shows that you know I didn't care much for, but apparently they were pretty popular with uh, you know other viewers. Uh, they're canceling, but one of them was like Glow, which we really we liked. did like that because we like wrestling, and it reminds you of. For me, the 80s wrestling, when it would come on Saturday mornings... Well, that's what it was all about. Yeah, like, and when wrestling was just in its infancy, it was like, oh, everywhere has its own little wrestling circuit. But it was fun. It was... The, the actors were great. Everybody was... But it makes me sad. And I, I think what they were saying, it was... Well, they're blaming it on COVID. Because... They, uh, well, some of it's COVID and some of it's just well, money. Well, for, for GLOW, they're blaming it on COVID. I think they just aren't able to get out and, and do the production, and they're worried about safe uh, handling of each yeah, other. Yeah, but that's a weird one because I also read that um, they'd already started working on season four, which was going to be the final season mm -hmm. anyway. 
Um, and then, of course, people who really liked that show. Have yeah, been they said they've for... decided not to finish the final season because um, it's you're not able to wrestle with the COVID. Like acting is one thing, but being you know sweating on top of each other and wrestling, it's that's what they're that's what they're blaming it on. I don't know if it's like you were saying money, but well, some cases it's been money because like whether or not they want to continue financing certain series if they don't feel like the viewership's there. But Glow is one of those ones that really had a following. But there's been a petition to try to get them to at least do like a two-hour the finale, yeah, some sort of movie to kind of close it out, which makes sense. I mean, they got. 15 Emmy nominations and three wins during for their last uh, or excuse me their first three seasons so it's a very popular and you know critically acclaimed show they they should I feel because I like it go forward with it now a couple of shows that did get renewed that I'm really happy about is The Witcher of course uh, I tried so Neko hard tried, I couldn't even get past I couldn't the first pa- I'm like what is why do you even like this? Explain it to me. You're like, well, Henry Cavill and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't. You're like, well, the fight choreography. And I'm like, it's fucking and I'm like, it's fantasy. yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> right there. Dragons, wizards, it's, witchers. It's a great thing. Yeah, can't handle it. Uh, the other one I know is a show Neko does like. It's called Sex Education. Uh, a British little thing um, with Gil and... Was it Jill Anderson? The woman from... Um, Jillian? Jillian Anderson, yeah. yep. Uh, and, of course, she plays, like, a mother who was a sex therapist, and her son's finding out about his he's body. A, he's a, he's, now he he's, thinks he's a, a sex therapist, yeah. too. Yeah, he kind of goes to high school, and he gives sex ed- uh, information and uh, advice to fellow students, and it's, like, a big whirlwind of things going on. I mean, and then he, like, he likes one girl, then he likes another girl, and then the girl likes him, and it's just... Yeah, you get your usual drama. It's you got drama, you got high school, you have adults too involving themselves in their own drama. So, I mean, this is clearly not meant for the children, but it's right. it's kind of funny. And if you if you enjoyed like movies like American Pie, you'd enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it a has lot a lot of that. Going on. It has that like like dry British humor yeah. in it too. Which and Gillian Anderson, man, she is just. She actually is pretty fucking funny. She and it's like the way she delivers things, the way she speaks. Like me, I'm like blah blah blah, bubble bubble bubble, pop pop pop. She's just like, yes, no. I don't think so. How dare you? Like, she has this delivery, which kind of makes her super snarky. Um, kind of like uh, the Devil Wears Prada with uh, What's-Her-Face. Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. It has that kind of delivery, which really adds to her character. Because she is a complex character. You know, she's dealing with her ex, and then she has new boyfriends that she has feelings for, but she doesn't have feelings for, but I'm pushing them away. And then she's raising a teenage son who's having the same type of problem. I like this girl. I don't like this girl. I have a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. Blah, blah. I like it, because I'm a girl. Well, you're a girl, too, so you like it, too. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's not. He's not super... Like, I, I love... raunchy stuff and gory stuff but I am still a girl. I like girly stuff like to the T. I'll still watch Gilmore Girls till 
the sun comes up. It's really like, and it, it, she's seen it. I, I kid you not, maybe a thousand times. Same thing with Sex in the City, and she has certain shows that she will just watch religiously. Like, and, and you know, I have my favorite shows, but even I can't watch them that much. And sometimes for me, I like. Uh, maybe it's not the same for you, but I like background noise. If I'm, yeah, then I'll just throw on a bad horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, there's some bad horror ne- Neko is one of those people that I'll go, okay, we're watching this tonight. And then, like, she'll look at her phone for, like, 20 minutes and then finally look up. She's like, I don't even know what's going on. No, that was, that's, that's not always true because it doesn't hold my, my she did, interest. She did pay attention to Spell last night, which maybe we'll talk about next week. That was a very interesting film. I there. loved the movie until the end. And then I'm like, what are you trying to say? What are you doing to me? It was a great movie until, until the yeah. end. Like, <laughs> it's no resolution. And it made me so mad because I was about to be like, this is a 10 out of 10. This is crazy. It's funny. It's clever. It's, you know, Icelandic. But then at the end, it just ended. It had the kung fu in it. Yeah, it just end. ended. There was no nothing and. Um, Anubis is kind of like, well, I think they want you to draw your own conclusion. I'm like, it didn't even draw a conclusion. <laughs> if there was no anything that happened, it just ended. Well, let's save that for next okay, week. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe we'll check it out again. We'll rewatch it. it and, it, it, and it's, why, it's one of those kind of films that are kind of mind Like Like Midsummer. Yeah. yeah that, it's, it's kind of on the vein of Midsummer. But so we, we'll, what did we see that on? Amazon or Netflix? Amazon. Okay. Prime, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, getting back to some music. Got a couple uh, stuff. Got some November's doing classic stuff from them. Uh, new Morris Principal S. Kicking it off, though, with the brand new stuff from Coexistence. And apparently, I didn't realize this is their debut album this year, as far as the full length. Uh, Collateral Dimension. And their progressive death metal band from uh, Tuscany, Siena, Italy. Italy. Tuscany. Yeah, Tuscany. Sorry. And. Uh, I'd seen them on some bills with some other death metal bands. I thought they'd been... I mean, they'd been around since 2016, but I thought they had, like, a full length before this, but apparently not. So this is their first actual full length, and it's amazing. Fucking love this record. Uh, like I said, it's called Collateral Dimension. This song that we're kicking off is called Detach from the Abyss. Nice.
this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, we're back. We're back at it. Alright, so... Uh, there's an article on loudwire.com. I think you brought this to my I attention. did. It was kind of crazy, too, because, again, we're I'm going to throw back to the Gilmore Girls comment that we made. Sebastian Bach is actually a, one of the actors in uh, Gilmore Girls, and he, act, he plays in a band on the show. Shocker there. Hmm. But I always enjoy Sebastian Bach. I, I love his prima donna tendencies. I think he's a good singer, and he's also highly entertaining. But when I read this article, I, um, I'm sure a lot of you out there who use Google or have an Android device, it kind of, um, it kind of, whatever you're watching or reading, it kind of picks up on that. And this is how I found this, this article because, you know, it was telling me something about a, an actor on Gilmore Girls. Anyway, so Sebastian Bach was doing a video interview for the SDR podcast, and um, apparently when he was uh, talking about how he warms up his voice, they joked his exercise is probably something gay he doesn't want to tell you. You gotta gargle jizz, but I don't know how to tell you that, Sebastian. (laughs) And Bach didn't really like that. He was like, excuse me? Uh, could you not like wreck this interview and he said Rob Halford is a friend of mine so spare the comments maybe you should skip those kind of comments and the other hosts were trying to move past the awkwardness but the um but Bach just like hung up on the zoom call yeah yeah we, we've seen Sebastian before when they were doing that super group series on and them. he is so dramatic which right we love. and that's the thing like his his character on Gilmore Girls isn't that far fetched from who he is, and I, you know, look, I mean, Sebastian probably wears a lot of his emotions on his sleeve, which is fine. A lot of people like that. Numo Uno here does that. Uh, there's two ways to kind of look at this, and I'll get to first one. Obviously, you can kind of give Baz some kudos for sticking up for his friend Rob Halford, you know, when something like that happens. But you know, that's one of the things we've also learned is with our PC culture that sometimes people lose sight of jokes. And actually, I think... In well, I mean, arc- I think because they were kind of referring to Rob, saying right. that he did something gay that he doesn't want to talk about because Baz was saying, you know, he has to warm up his voice all the time. And Baz is also, like, we, we know he's done Broadway shows and stuff, too. So he is, like, really, really trained vocally. And so is Rob Halford. And when Baz was saying, hey, you know, Rob says he he uh, doesn't warm up his voice, that's when the, the jizz thing came in. And, and Baz was like, you know, that's a little uh, a little too far. He's my buddy kind of thing. But the funny thing is, is that I think, uh, Rob was actually asked about the comments himself. And yeah, he, he went on. He went on SDR too. Right, and I think he kind of just laughed it off. Like I think Rob is at a point now in his life where he's heard it all. So it's like, 
for him, he kind of just takes it in stride. And he, yeah, he said, I don't gargle, I swallow. Right. So, it's one of those things where, like, maybe Baz shouldn't be taken as personal as he did, because if, as long as it's not offending Rob to the degree that Rob gets angry, uh, you know, it should be fine. And like I said, we tend to get overly PC with everything, but then on the other hand... Uh, you know, it's, um, it's admirable that Baz, Baz was defending pushed. his right, friend. Right, so. and, and the thing, too, Rob was like, I, I like being roasted. If you could ever yeah. put me on one of those comic stands and roast me, go ahead and do it. I think you're right, too, like, because maybe in 1992 when he came out and there was all that backlash and he lost his job and Judas Priest and people were like, oh, no, he's gay, That's that's awful. Maybe back then you he, it would be more of like, but he you know he overcame it. He he got his job back clearly in Judas Priest. He, you know, it was just a big pushback in the nineties, and now that he you said well, I mean, it was a lot harder for him back then because you know it was all new, and then like he was out of the closet, and you know, and as you said, like you tell me all the time, times are just so much different back then. As far as Especially for, for minorities and, um, you know, the LBGTQ crowd, even today, it depends on where you are, um, you know, we have friends who are in a, a, in a mixed-raced marriage with a mixed-raced son, and they said they've been to places, especially in the Deep South, where it's like, oh, what are you doing? That's so wrong, and mm, your child is bad, and that still goes on today, but, like, in more liberal areas. Like, Baltimore is pretty liberal. There's a huge arts area. It's it's completely, like, you know... Uh-oh. People expect it. But back in the 90s, it was more prevalent. Like, every... You, you had to... People were hiding who they were. Mm -hmm. And this was just off the AIDS scare in the 80s, where yeah. it's like... Oh, all they that the media was saying all gay people have AIDS, and you only get AIDS if you're gay. So, AIDS equals gay, gay equals AIDS. So, this is like the early 90s where Rob is like, I'm you know, people were starting to come out a little bit more, and you know, the drag queen um, persona was kind of being put a little bit more in the forefront of the regular media with RuPaul, because that's when RuPaul first came out with her uh, supermodel album that was big. It was, I mean, think about how many times you heard that song in the early 90s, and now RuPaul has RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul has clothing lines, RuPaul is doing really well. So this is a span between, like, 1992, which happened with Rob, to now, which is... 2020 it's it's a long time you know some people that's some people's lifetime if you think about it right so but again i love that baz got all emotional and because that's typical baz it's typical baz um so i got uh an email from a pr group representing the band comfy zone from india Oh, that's cool. We don't get a lot of Indian metal bands. Right. Um, they're a death thrash metal act uh, from West Bengal. Jarjeeling, I guess. Something like, I don't know if you ever pronounced that, but it's they're from India. Um, sound like a, a good uh, bunch of guys. Got They have an EP that came out this year called The Solution Explosion. 
Uh, I gotta play a track like uh, Denigration of Gods, uh, kicking off our next block. I also got some Warbringer and Oh, I Forbidden. love Warbringer. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Fucking rage room. I'm trying to get DJ Anubis to take me out on a date to the uh, rage room. I feel like I could use it right now, too. Like, I have a lot of pent-up anger going on. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to see Neko with a fucking sledgehammer. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with that. I need to work on my sledgehammer skills. I was trying to break apart a uh, crate at work one day, and I'm like, eh, eh. And they're like, come on, Melissa. They're like... Use put your back yeah, into it. Yeah, put your ass into it. Because I'm like use, do, trying to use it like a regular hammer. I'm like holding it with one hand like I'm hammering a nail. They're like, that's not how you use a sledgehammer. I'm like, well, demonstrate for me then. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, you know, I don't know how well that, but they have packages. That's what Yeah, so one is called Hammer Time. <laughs> and you get one large item, like furniture, a television, and you get to have a sledgehammer and beat it up. Now, you can bring your own breakable and add that to the collection as well. The Super Smash, you get one large electronic, 40 combo of medium and large glass items, and four large department store glass shelving panels. For $95 like I I they, they have like the rage throw alley plus Target so that one's the cheapest package and it's $15 a person you get 10 items to throw plus two targets to hit so you get 10 glass items and you just throw them and break them this is, sounds like the axe throwing thing well see this is even better like the office smash you get 15 glass items and one medium item to smash with a hammer but i really pc load error what the fuck does that mean <laughs> but like i think we should go for the date night like you get 30 glass items and one large item that we can beat with a hammer that's just insane i mean they have videos and stuff of people beating the shit out of <laughs> I, I could use this right now. There's been a lot of stress in my life, and... <laughs> you just see... You can't see the serious look on her face. Because <laughs> there are times where I get so angry. She's got to print out a picture, face picture of her dad and stick it on a glass. And be like, yeah! <laughs> oh, it's not even... It's just the whole situation. It's just so frustrating. There's so many things that... It's the classic trickle-down effect. It's like, well, one thing happens, then another thing happens, and it just seems like it's just worse and worse and worse and worse, and now all I want to do is just break stuff. And then I want to know if we can bring our own um, music, because I... Just one of those days! Yeah! So, like, I feel like if we had a nice... Like, you could put together a nice, like, soundtrack of um, really angry music. Like, super... Oh, that's easy. Yeah, like, I I want, like, the Slayer stuff. I want the heavy... I don't want it to be, like, oh, fluffy, fluffy. Yeah, I, I want some Napalm Death. I, I definitely want break stuff, because that goes with this whole thing. You know, that would be the theme. 
But I don't want like fluty metal. I don't want even power metal. I want like angry, visceral, like <laughs> shove it up your ass kind of metal. Like we need some old Metallica, like serious old Master of Puppets, Thrash stuff, thrashy death stuff, stuff, death stuff, Sepultura stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I re- this would probably really help me. You know, I've been trying to find... She needs that release. Well, I do need that release. I've been, and this is this is another bullshit thing. I've been trying to find um, a therapist because I've been dealing with a lot of things going on. Not And the hard thing for me is, like, they ask you all these questions. Are you depressed? No. Are you addicted to alcohol? No. Are you... Do you have an eating disorder? Like, they ask... And all of my answers are no. I just... I need to figure out a way to deal with what is going on in my life because I'm not depressed I'm more angry than anything and they're all like yeah no we don't have any openings and I'm like excuse me like I'm reaching out to all these people and I know there's a pandemic and but they all say they have video you know conferences and stuff so I'm like why can't we just do a video chat I just need like one or two all I want to do is look at you and yell at you and tell you everything that's making me angry Maybe they just don't think that I'm a good candidate for therapy, but... There should be never like a turn... Exactly. Nobody should be turned away for that kind of They just of keep stuff. telling me this is... With I, all the problems with mental health in our society right now and all the shootings and mm-hmm. random shit like that, you would think they would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk it out. Let's, I've let's, gotten four rejection emails from different places. You're getting rejected by therapists. Yeah, I'm getting... I'm sorry, we don't have the accommodations to uh, help you or we, we, we aren't taking new patients or whatever. And that's the thing, like, because they are asking me what... Basically, what is my problem? I don't know, number one. I don't... All I have is negative thoughts. Well, here's the thing. I don't have negative thoughts. I don't have suicidal thoughts. I'm not depressed. That's there... what you should be saying, though. I should. I should be like, yeah, I really feel like I'm going to... That'll get you right in the door. You're right. If I say I feel like I'm going to hurt myself or somebody else, they'll, they'll take me right away. But I don't. I really am just dealing with um, an illness that's in my family and the falling out that's going on and kind of a little bit of care tape caretaker or caregiver or whatever it's called fatigue because that's it's just like taking over my life and I feel like this break stuff would be wonderful like I just just to get a little frustration out and take you know I try to exercise I've been this week I was actually very good and I try real hard to like you know and I hate dumping everything on you but you're like always on my side so when I tell you you know things that are frustrating me you, you really do listen but Shit, how is it that therapists can be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're not equipped to help you? Like, what if I really was a problem? Oh, I would force them to but, take... but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. what if I really was a problem and I am legitimately reaching out to therapists? This does pose a question with other people who are dealing with serious mental health issues, like you were saying. Like, you know, if you are saying. And it might be maybe they just are kind of pushing me to the back burner because I'm saying I'm not, you know, suicidal and I'm not depressed and I don't have a substance abuse problem and I don't have an eating disorder, like all these perfect uh, bubbles of mental health where they put you into a little descriptor. I don't have any of that. I just need a little help because there's so much 
going on that I do get so angry about everything going on. And I think breaking things would make me feel better. No? Yep. <laughs> uh, getting into our rock block. Definitely got Neko's pick of the week, which is not at all what she's talking about. No, it's not. It's but, not uh, at all. But ironically, the opener's speed stroke was seeing the crime. That might be something. That might be. We could play that at the Rage Smash. Uh, so we have some stuff from Atomic Stuff, Vlad, uh, Arm the Pit, the Metal's PR, Metal Message in there, some new Seven Dust. New it's Seven Dust? New Seven Dust. But we're going to kick it off with Speed Stroke, provided by Atomic Stuff. Uh, it's called Seeing the Crime, and we'll be back in a few. I'm gonna take you where I can kill my darkest eyes. You what?
Racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
Alright. Desperation Boulevard. Hold back the rain. That was kind of like a... It has like a nostalgic kind of feel. Vibe, yeah. 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 Definitely agree with that. Alright, so we're to Neko's pick of the week. She's still venting. I, I get to hear all of this while we're, just, <laughs> while we're listening to music. I, you know, maybe if he would take me to the rage room, I'd feel better about my life. Or maybe if I started, I mean, I try to exercise. I really do. And I'm not doing too bad. I do like a couple of, I'm really into like yoga and Pilates and Pio, which is a combo of Pio, Pilates and yoga. But when I was younger, I used to run a lot, and I'm just like too old for that shit. And I don't do it regularly enough. And but so this week, this exact song on my running playlist was my opener, and it's like the perfect running song. I don't know why, because it's got like that boom, 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 like subtle downbeat to it, and of course, it's an awesome song. And it's an awesome band, but it's a, it's just a, it's a song that I've loved for a really long time. And I also, it's a journey. I, I love the band. And again, because I've been really actively trying to get back into working out on a more regular basis, maybe to curb my rage room needs. All right. <laughs> but it reminds me of when I was in my 20s, which is 20 years ago now, since I'll be 40 next week, which I don't like. But when I was in my 20s, I did run a lot more. Um, and I would listen to this. This would be my opener. So without further ado, here is Journey, Only the Young. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out. Alright, we're back. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Episode 88, The Hordes of Chaos. <gasps> my number. Yeah. Now, my number is 88. Because my, Lindros. my favorite hockey player is Eric Lindros. And I loved him. Like, you. Uh, you loved him. <laughs> but I loved him. I'm talking... I was a teenager, and the only reason Even I got... she doesn't watch, like, hockey anymore. Not as much as I yeah. used to. That's But that's what got me into hockey, is Eric Lindros, because he was so fucking hot. And he wasn't that much older than me, because you gotta think I was, like, you know, 13, and he was, like, 19-ish then, so I'm like, oh, I still have a chance. I have a chance! <laughs> but I you're actually... Tell me I have a chance. Tell me I have a chance. I actually was reading one of my... YMs or Teen Magazine or Seventeen Magazine when I was about 12, 13 and it had you know hot men in sports because that's what we women want when we're 12 and 13 and it had a little article on him and I soon became a Philadelphia Flyers fan just because I was in love with number 88, Eric Lindros and the rest as they say is history so closing out the rock plaque with new seven <laughs> dust. The day I tried to live doing I, Soundgarden. I liked it, like we were saying, but I I know it's hard to emulate Chris Cornell, and they were really doing an almost straight cover. It, they, well, that's fine, uh, but you know I think I'm kind of with you just in terms of vocally. It's always difficult. Like like that's certainly not. Better than the original. There's, there's times that I've heard covers that actually trump the originals. Like, for one instance, um, Ridden with Disease by Autopsy was redone by uh, Necrophobic years later in the 90s. And that cover blows away the original, like, easily. So, I think it's Necro hard. came up with an idea. Maybe down the road we'll do, like, a, a podcast where we compare, like, the original songs with the cover versions that we've chosen. Because there are some songs, and I was saying this in, during our um, music break, that I you hear songs and you're like, oh, this is actually a cover, and they've turned it into their own song. And that's, okay. Sometimes you, it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> like, 
one that is going to end up in the podcast because I actually love them both. I love Twisted Sister and I love Demi Bourgier. And when they did their cover of Burn in Hell, it was... See, part of me, the part of me that loves the Twisted Sister is, is the D. Snyder, the screaming vocals, the, the high and the low. Well, in, in Burn in Hell, what I really liked about uh, the Demu cover is the double bass pedal going and, and all that. Like, Vortex doing the clean versus yeah, the you, doing the rough vocals. Yeah, so it's, it's <coughs> very close to be keeping the like spirit of the original, but then... You have the original, which was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting is our next block, we got a topic to talk about, but our next block's going to kick off brand new some Paul Bear. And Paul Bear actually did what I thought was a very good cover of Typo Negative's Love You to Death, so maybe that'll be another one that kind of gets thrown in there uh, when we decide to do that show. I, we'll, we'll come up, I think, with like 10. Uh, different covers that because that'll end up being 20 songs so right. we'll come up with 10 covers and we'll pick like the ones that we really want to talk about because we've we we're not going to give it all away now because we started you know right, right discussing it but brainstorming we were thinking about a couple of what what i really like when people do covers is when they don't do an exact replica yeah like a replica i like when they take it and they either strip it down and make it totally acoustic like um i forgot what i was watching the other day but it was an acoustic version like a very folk version of 666 the number of the beast mm. and it was an intro to a song it was one of them crime hunter you know right. shows but somebody was playing an acoustic folky version of of the number of the beast and i'm like I know this song and I'm singing it along like they're singing it and then I'm like hey this is Iron Maiden <laughs> <laughs> I know this so I like when they do that because you're like it almost takes a whole different I guess persona of a, of a song and speaking of somebody who can take multiple personas we discovered Christine McConnell um Netflix yeah, on Netflix. And this is actually from 2018. So both of us, I, it, we were just kind of scrolling around looking for something to watch. And we're trying to stay in the spirit of Halloween. And right. And uh, I knew nothing about We didn't. This girl. Yeah, neither one of us. Um, but she's uh, a culinary... Uh, she, she does a lot of different things. She, she's a she's, seamstress. She's uh, crafty. Right. She is a baker. She actually got a lot of her following through Instagram a few years ago and through Reddit because she would post things like that she's made or things that she's created, um, candles, crafts, dresses. But the, the way cakes. that she presents it is like uh, the, kind of like the macabre. Mm-hmm. She does like a lot of like Halloween themed stuff. So this show, which was called the uh, Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, uh, it almost has like as this article at the New Yorker says a Tim Burton kind of feel of, uh, about the show. Now she's very, very, um, if you look very prim and proper, but vintagey. Like her kitchen has pink Pyrex. It has a wall oven. It everything is very and her um her cupboards are spider webs and she actually designed them herself for the set and 
She has little friends who are yeah, a werewolf, a you sphinx say cat. It is a Jim, Jim Henson, Henson production. Yeah. And it's you can tell, but this is not something when we say Jim Henson, this isn't Sesame Street, this is not, you know, the Muppets. This is a sphinx cat telling this rabid raccoon that has a fork as a hand. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it can be for kids, but yet it's not. Like I, you have to have a certain age limit to watch it because the humor is dark. Uh, there is like um, insinuations of like killing people, uh, but it, it's really really clever. Um, it it didn't get uh, okayed for another season, so unfortunately, it's one of those ones that got the axe. However, um, I kind of hope that she finds a way to do this another route with something else because like it, it was actually on to something that the article says it's kind of like a martha stewart meets tim burton and that's pretty much spot on uh when you look at her the way she carries herself you're like oh, okay she's just a, a you know a prim and proper kind of gal and like a nice, nice cute little 50s housewife she's got her hair flipped and she's wearing these nice little vintage the dresses way she talks. And yes, yeah, she's got this nice calming demeanor. But then she's talking to her mummified sphinx cat that she resurrected by saying a spell. And her Rosie, her little, um, what, it, Rosie's a raccoon, I guess, that she kind of mummified. Or put, a zombie raccoon. Yeah. She's got a werewolf that comes in the first episode that, uh, I forget his name. Uh, but, uh, you know, I got the werewolf, got the cat. Uh, they're all they're all kind of funny in their own ways, and they all do things with the neighbors. It's really well done, but that's not really like the best part of the show. At least for me, like the best part of the show is the fact that she can take anything and, and make it, turns it out into of dessert. Artwork. Yeah, she's created these like it'd be like a gingerbread house, only it's like ten times. Well, that. she made not for this show, but on her own um, YouTube channel a gingerbread house of a replica of the Winchester mansion that is supposed to be haunted in California. So she really is into the supernatural and that's part of the reason why she was doing this show. Like she wanted to show how she made this chicken pot pie. And it was huge. Huge. It was like a casserole pot pie. But then she made the breading that looked like chicken feathers. Yeah. And she used mashed potatoes at the top and then put the feathers on the top and then made like this chicken head that would go on it. So when you go to eat it, it looks like a baked bread, breaded chicken body and feather. Yeah, it should be noted that from what I could tell, everything was edible. Like everything that she used, like she made this coffee dispenser that was just totally it was edible. a cake yeah and the 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 like little um things on the side that were supposed to be handles were cookies yeah. and the dispenser was a cookie and the feet were cookies and she was explaining how she does things like she made these chocolate bowls that were supposed to look like teacups and then the bottoms were like uh candies and she made an edible ouija board Mm -hmm. with, oh, it did that thing with it looked real. I thought it was real. She uses um, an airbrush with edible food dye. So when she decorates things, she puts in shadows, the bones, the um it was a chocolate 
it was a pretzel with a peanut butter. So the pretzel was the center, and then they, she made this peanut butter concoction with flour and confectioner sugar and regular sugar and then put it over top of the bones and molded it into or the pretzel excuse me molded it into looking like a bone and then she had white chocolate dip that she would take the the pretzel and the peanut butter dipped it in there and then of course it already looked like a bone but then she's like i'm gonna get out my airbrush and yeah, she like, airbrushed you would think it. that she got to a certain point and was like okay that looks like something i could do but then she starts doing all this other work like she literally spends time, like, filing it down and then airbrushing it to the point where it really looked like a real bone. Like, it's, I kid you not, everything she does is, like, ten times what you would normally see any, like, at any store or whatever that. She is very, very talented at this kind of stuff. And then, of course, as we said, she kind of does her own thing with, like, you know, seaming and needling and stuff like she that. She took a pattern that she liked of a, of a dress and just took the dress apart and made a new dress yeah like I, I i've been really interested in her after we watched the show because the show kind of came as like a midpoint she's very active on her own patreon and um i i'm just fascinated by her because she is very very talented and you know she has an instagram and she loves animals so she's got like four cats and a dog and I, she's just adorable. I love everything about her. But I love how she does everything with, like, the macabre twist. Like, it's a little bit, um, a little bit scary and a little bit, you know, creepy. Yeah, you know, I, I think if there's a reason why it fails, it's just because there's so much stuff out there. There's so much content now that you can deal with that... It's difficult to stand out, so when you know you watch the first season, you can sit there and say to yourself, "Well, this is kind of corny, but this is the kind of things that Neko and I enjoy because of that reason." Like if you go back to the days of like the '80s, where you had uh, show uh, hostesses like Elvira, or we watch uh, Joe Bob Briggs and his thing, it's all corny, but that's the kind of stuff that we like. So this is one of those things where, like, if it was given more chances to do more i think it would get like a cult following because it's really very very clever now granted it's all based around the food and the creations that she has but it has like these little stories in between with the characters that makes it a lot of fun to yeah make. she's dating a guy named norman <laughs> and we're pretty sure it's norman bates right and he's got like a knife when he like when they cut into the big ch the chicken pot pie he like Stabs it. stabs it and he's got this like very maniacal face and but he also is a nice clean cut boy so. and then we got uh the ghost in the mirror dita von Teese, mm -hmm. uh is in there burlesque um it, there's a lot of characters in there that are a lot of fun and i just you know it's too bad that they didn't get to live on be honest it was the first i ever heard this is 2020 so it's two years later that we actually got around to see and this. that's the thing too i also feel like um <clears throat> Sometimes when things, especially because it was short, it was only like six episodes too. Mm -hmm. When you have something like that, it doesn't really get its due. You right. know what I mean? Like you don't get, it's a short thing. She probably had to do all her own promotion. She probably had to like put it all out there herself. And I really like, 
it makes me sad because I, I, I would have loved another season of it. And everything she did was cool. Yeah, I can't, again, I can't stress enough. Like, you, even if you think all the character work is a little corny, what she does and the effort she puts into her these baking and all this other stuff... Not remember, just, not just remember sweet. the candles she did? Yeah. So she she took it and she made candles. And she's like, okay, these are some black candles. And oh, look, I'm dipping and making my... And she used like a, a paper towel. Like, uh, what, what is it? The core of the paper towel to make the candle. Then she said, okay, now that's... I'm going to dip it in some white now. And she took a Dremel tool. A Dremel tool. And carved... A scary face into it, and then of course she's like airbrushing. Oh yeah, and yeah. It looks like a tree of some sort. It's really it was great. really, really good, and I feel like a lot of people just don't appreciate. And she sat there, and everything she does, she has a book also, and a lot. Um, the biggest complaint that the people have and said she doesn't explain. It, yeah, she part. doesn't because a lot of the stuff that they say is it really does need a like a video tutorial of exactly how she does things and from to be I, honest though like for me i just like watching if, it well yeah but if everybody could do what she did then there'd be no need for her so i think on a, some level maybe she purposely doesn't put every exact moment because she wants to have that corner of the market and i get that like i totally get that um but if that's like the worst complaint people have then so be it i think Really, the show needs to come back, and it needs to be done by somebody. I don't know who. I don't know if she needs like a uh, what's what's the thing for money that people do the GoFundMe or whatever. Well, she's on Patreon, and her Patreons get special treats. Right. They get videos. They get uh, personalized cards from her, and I believe like she puts everything, um, her own little touch on everything. Yeah, we need a get in on it. <laughs> I know. I want a Patreon from her. Yeah, I'm already doing Lucifer, so you can do uh, her, and then she'll send you cards and stuff. Alright, well, let's get back into our music. Like I said, we're going to cut off some brand new stuff from Paul Bear. Also got new stuff from Xeon, and then some Venus Sleeps in there. So here's Paul Bear for the latest release. This is called Forgotten Days.
this is Isaac Goldsmith. We are back. We're back! So I don't know if any of y'all realize this, but uh, DJ Anubis and I, we are a little bit into those, I don't want to say reality shows, but we're, we watched American Idol for a while, and we watched Project Runway. We like competition shows. I don't, think, I don't shows. think we're really into a lot of them. Like, I don't watch The Voice or anything like that. Um, but American Idol, like I think after it was like season three, and part of my... It was longer than season three. We went a couple. No, no, I'm just saying that's when we kind of started watching. And, like, for me, like, it's more about just the reaction of Simon Cowell and the rest of the panel that kind of made me laugh more than anything. The the, the shit shows that they did when they did auditions, uh, that was always the stuff that But, see, we we like seeing people in, um, again, with Project Runway. We, I personally, I like Michael Kors. I like Tim Gunn. I like Heidi, I like fashion. And to see the pressure that they put on these up-and-coming designers and, like, the challenges that they give them. And they have, you know, oh, you have 48 hours to get this done and blah, blah, blah. But they have, like, some of the best material from, um... Oh, God, what was the name of that store? I forgot already. Oh, I don't know. Make it work. Yeah, make it work. (laughs) But they they have the best material available. They have, um, a budget they are at parsons school of design they have a um a a tablet to to draw they they are able they give them all these great tools but then they put them under the gun they're like you only have 48 hours to do this and then you have to leave and it's it's, all about designing it drawing it and then getting your materials and putting it all together and and the same thing like when we would watch american idol the one thing that we really liked was when you would get the because um, there was a lot of singer songwriter people on there, and we really started getting into American Idol when they started letting people play instruments too. And what I really liked about that was you could see that who clearly were the country singers and who clearly were like the more R and B singers and et cetera, et cetera. But when they would give you a challenge, you're you're supposed to be covering something or working as a duet. And you would get people where you're like, oh, this is definitely a rock and roll person, and he's really taking this to, like, his rock and roll persona, covering something. Like, we were talking about off-air about Adam Lambert covering um, Ring of Fire by, right. by Johnny Cash. Completely different than what Johnny Cash did. So we really do kind of get into that stuff, but we always said there well, should think, be a rock and roll heavy metal version yeah, of American Idol. Yeah, and the thing is you've seen some stuff like that in the European countries where they have talent shows over there, like American Got Talent or whatever, or Britain's Got Talent, whatever the case is in Europe, they had like metal bands and rock bands that would actually get up there and perform. Um, but according to Loudwire.com, an article on there, uh, Alice Cooper, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, Gavin Rossdale from Bush, uh, Tossin Abbasi from Animals as Leaders, and a few other people are putting together a show that's kind of like American Idol, but it's it's no covers. You won't be hearing people perform covers. You'll be hearing bands and artists performing their own stuff. Um, I don't know when that's going to take off, but I really like the idea. It's, it's not even so much that I think that they're going to play a lot of metal because I think 
at it's the probably same more a little bit more mainstream rock right like you might get a few metal bands but you're not gonna get anything death metal i don't think in there or anything like that but uh either way i think the fact that they're going this route is a lot better i think you'll get to see more artists that are because sometimes it's very difficult to watch people who do covers because even though they may be talented uh, writing your own material and performing is a lot different than doing something that's already predetermined. And I think it's kind of cool because if they do like what we were saying, like on Project Runway or on American Idol, if they're like, okay, you have 48 hours, this is your topic, you have to create a song with your topic of cats. Y you know what I mean? Like they could pick something really, really random and say your topic right. is about the poem the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which also was a song many years ago, but you have to take it and turn it into your own song, but not necessarily use the same poem. Something like that would give it, like, a really wicked kind of vibe, you know? Like, I mean, God, what if they pick something really crazy as their topic? Like, I don't know, Halloween candy. Socks. Yeah, socks. <laughs> something really, really just benign and random. Your topic is copy paper you have to write a song you know have it available to play produce it etc etc and it has to be about you know loose leaf paper copy paper that's what i want to see i want to see how creative people can be and then as you see the bands evolve you want to see okay are they keeping their sound are they changing are they trying to go like in two different directions and i hope that they're they're judged on that too because one thing that you and i have always said when a band finds their sound, like Overkill, like ACDC, we, we love seeing a sound develop and you want to hear a song and say, yeah, that's definitely whoever. Some people, I know Anubis kind of has other thoughts than me, but like, I know Metallica is one that everybody kind of brings up because they're the most popular and they have kind of evolved their sound a little bit more than their original sound and everybody has like a specific like drop off where they're like I'm done with Metallica and he's done a lot earlier than I am with Metallica possibly because I was younger than than he was and discovered them when I was like around 12 after you know Master of Puppets and um, Ride the Lightning had already come out so I kind of jumped in when the Black Album came out but then I started hitting their you know back catalog and enjoyed that so then when after the black album came out i was a little bit more receptive of their next album whereas he is a little bit older than me and he experienced metallica in the 80s like live he experienced it as it was happening and he's kind of like eh. <laughs> the black album was so derivative you know <laughs> well, yeah i mean like when the justice fall came out like naturally there was a few tracks on there i liked but at the same time i think that was my first cd i think that uh it didn't have the aggression i really wanted from master of puppets and even though i even though i don't mind certain tracks from the justice and uh the black album it's i don't go to those albums all that much because i just it doesn't really hold my attention and especially the newer stuff i can't and see, for me, like, coming up, I was around 11 or 12, so that's when uh, a young 
teen, preteen is getting into music and I'm watching the MTV, which nobody does anymore because everything is different now, but I'm seeing, you know, Enter Sandman and I'm seeing The Unforgiven and I'm like, oh, yay, wonderful. Like, that's my first experience. But then I, I go to the go to the record and tape traders. They used to play that song so fucking I'm, much I'm, Unforgiven, yeah. No, no, well, that, but Enter Sandman, dude, like, all the fucking time. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's my, like, first experience with Metallica. And then I go to the store and I want to buy the Black Album. But the Black Album at the time was, like, sixteen ninety nine, And Young Little Missy only has $20. But Injustice for All is eight ninety nine. So I buy Injustice for All instead of the Black Album. And that's kind of, like, my first listen-through right. of Metallica because... Did I tell you what I did when I... First bought the cassette for Inner Sandman. No! Yeah, we were in a record store. I can't remember who I was with. It might have been Chris Build or someone else from my childhood. One of your but, guys. But uh, we were in a record store looking around, and it was like literally the day that the single came out. It wasn't even the full album. It was just a single. It was on cassette. and I said, oh, well, let's check it out and see what it sounds like. <laughs> so I played it. And then after I was done, I just had it. I was like, "Yeah, man, you can have it." You're like, this is this is not what I expected. Yeah, I was like, yeah, "I'm not really feeling the vibe." I don't know. I mean, it was okay, but I'm like, "This isn't really Metallica." Here. And I think for me, because I was watching MTV, I'm kind of reversed because I'm a little bit younger than you, and I'm watching and really hearing Metallica for the first time with the Black Album. But then I. Again, because when you get your $20 from your parents and they say you can go to the CD store and pick out what you want, and I'm like, well, I can get two CDs instead of just one, so I buy Injustice for All, and I probably picked up some other alternative, you know, CD. I think it was actually an REM CD, and um, which I used to be so into, which is crazy. But I, um, I listened to... And justice for all and I dug it because you know this is like 12 year old me little 12 year old Neko hanging out listening to injustice for all and I'm like I do enjoy this but it is not the same that I expected but anyway as far as like this this show that they're gonna be doing uh, I think it's cool because one thing about American Idol that Neko and I liked was that despite the covers they were doing you got to see some really talented people uh, all across the board, female, male, whatever. Uh, they had some really great voices. So you kind of could sit there and say to yourself, well, yeah, if they had like a, their own band and all this stuff, it would be really good. And we talked about how Lambert now sings for Queen. And, you know, they really love him. Like, the band really loves him. Like, they they 100% behind him. So he's doing a good job there with them. And then you see like other stories when you talk about bands like Journey and how Steve Perry no longer with the band, but then they went and found this guy off of YouTube. He's from the Philippines. Right. And, and let me he's tell amazing. you Journey is like God in the Philippines. Like <laughs> I work with a lot of Filipino sailors. That's all I did was do covers while mm -hmm. it was like karaoke covers and they and karaoke said, is also king in the Philippines. It's crazy. And they did a whole like rock star thing to brought him in the studio and said, Okay, sing this shit. We wanna hear it. They were just so fascinated with him because and if I he's, recall, he's the, really young. So The he's, doc that we saw, they said that he actually was so nervous that he couldn't do it the first day. So they just told him to get some rest and come back. And he did it and he mm -hmm. actually performed very well. So 
it's a very interesting story, and I think with this show, with, with these bands and artists doing their own stuff, that that's going to kind of like allow people to kind of see some new blood out there. I hope that they actually dig deeper than the usual. And so, what do you think the auditions would be like? Because you know, like American Idol, they would walk in and it's just like the panel of judges, and you just kind of sing whatever, blah blah blah. Do you think for no cover, do you are they going to go in and be like? All right, I've got my setup, and or do you think they're gonna send in like an actual like promo video to kind of be like, let me get on your show? Because how can you do that? I mean, you've got a drum you know, set it, it, and a bassist. This and- is the funny thing. Like, it could be like I don't think they're gonna do the live stuff. Like, that's just too tasking. I think when you have full bands trying to do that, but it might be the video thing. But then at the same time, it might be just audio. And I, I think in some ways. <laughs> There's good and bad if you do it just audio. The good is, a lot of times if you watch a band, you know, when we go online to YouTube or something, we watch... Or we see bands that we're like, wow, I really like them, and... Yeah, but then in other cases, like, well, let's say, my, my point about all this is, let's say you watch a video and the music's really good, but the look isn't there. But I can, you can go the opposite. The music is okay, but the look is awesome. Right, and I'm just saying that, like... Sometimes I wonder if the, them just doing it through audio means, okay, yeah, this band doesn't really have what I think we want. This band sounds good. We'll get them in. But, but then if they're watching videos, they may say to themselves, well, the music seems okay, but, man, they, they, yeah, don't, they, don't have, they don't have a look. They don't have a look. I just I don't think we should but do this. But that's part of being a band altogether because I know there are people out there, God rest his soul, Eddie Van Halen, who think, that Van Halen are kind of trite, and they do the same thing, and they're kind of like, oh, it's just a bunch of, you know, David Lee Roth can't sing, and there's a bunch of, like, screaming and, ah, and kicking the leg. But then there's other people who are like, this is a total experience watching. Well, my, let me try to get back to what I'm saying. Like, let's take No Moss. Okay. Uh, these guys both have music and the look of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When you watch them, their energy, everything else, you get it. Now mm-hmm. let's take just some rando local black metal band that's got the chorus paints, outdated. Uh, the basses is like 10,000 pounds. They don't really look the part. The music, semi-decent for what they're trying to do, but they just don't have it. Like, they're not original, nothing. Okay. Now that doesn't mean No Moss is really doing anything original as far as their look, but that but at least they fit the mold of what they're trying well, to do. Well, so I get what you're saying. I can see it both ways because... That's why I think audio-wise, you at least get through the door to say, okay, well, let's see what we got here. So maybe send an audio and then they ask for video because if, yeah. you, if you have somebody... So audio is probably like the first step. If you have somebody who sends in something and it's not enough to pique your ear, then... You're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll move on to the next. But if you have something that's like, okay, this could sound like something we record, then maybe you want to see what their look is. Because if you <laughs> if you see somebody, I, I just had this, like, if you, if you have a, a metal band or a rock band, and then they come in and they look like the Beastie Boys in, like, Adidas jump sh- suits and, like, me with my white pumas or whatever, you're like... Hmm, this really doesn't match the scene that you're going right. for. Yeah. I don't think you... When was the first time you came across John Lucas? Like, 
musically? When was the first time? Uh, after I met you, um, he was still with um, Summer's End. Okay. And this was the early 2000s. So you never saw the strict numbers. No. Okay, so and he'd hate me saying this on there, but that was a thing where that was them as a band back then. Of course, they were all very young. Uh, it's all at the new metal phase, and even though they were listening to heavier stuff, the type of music they were playing was certainly in the new metal phase. You know, you had Tommy on vocals, you had uh, Lurch playing bass, he had the ball gag, he was a big Manson guy. John at times would put in chorus paint, so there was no real identity. Yeah, to what it was they were it, doing. or cohesion, right. and I think that's part. But that's also going to be part of this. They're going to give them hopefully critiques, just like the judges on these other shows. Well, that's why I was thinking that if they go musically first, just get audio cassettes or whatever CDs, whatever they want to do, they can sit down and say, "Okay, well, this sounds like it has possibility. Now let's do the video part and see what they do live." Etc. Etc. What your stage presence is, etc. Etc. Then you can start to weed out bands that just you know, even though they might be okay musically, just don't have what the it factor to go beyond that. Um, so hopefully, whatever they use as their criteria to determine who gets what and how, hopefully they find some really good bands. Now, have they um mm-hmm. have they said though like when this is going to kick off and how you get your your um, auditions in there or um, not yet, but they apparently, on this loudwire.com, they do have a link at the bottom that says, artists can enter to perform live on no cover here. So apparently, they will be performing live, so that kind of answers our question. That's really good, because, I mean, there's so many. And it is both bands and so large, so even if you're someone who is just your own thing, you can, you know, uh have like your support band or whatever and just go out there and do your own thing that's another interesting topic that you bring up because um you know you you know quite a few people who they they do their own solo thing and they have like different projects that they produce themselves they do all the music they do all the lyrics and it could be like oh this is a black metal thing this is a melodic thing and i mean you know speaking of which one band that i think would be great (laughs) for this show would be Telesma. I think so, too. Uh, you know, because, like, it's... Obviously, I don't think they play on anything new in a while, but, you know, if they were looking to get some more attention for the work they've done, they have a lot of great material to work with. And so. they have... They, they're... Um, they're broad. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a lot of different stuff going on. They have the belly dancing. They have the really trippy music. They progressive, have it's progressive. Um, you have really good vocals. You have the, the throat diggity-doo. singing, yeah. the diggery do. Yeah. So, you have a lot of cool stuff that you can kind of incorporate. And I'm just, I've heard from um, interviews, clearly not from myself, but. When you go into these type of competitions, it's exhausting, especially as you progress further along, because it's like, okay, you wake up, you do this, you have your challenge, you have to perform on this day, it's going to be live this day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering, like, how they're going to, what if, what if the band is like a 20 piece band with like a brass section and you're going to have to be able to accommodate all these people and all these schedules. It's, and I, I actually 
I hope they get something. I hope they get a ska band. I hope they have a 20-piece brass section because I want, I want variety. Like, it doesn't have to be all rock bands. I think it would be really cool to see all well, the all the different types of, of well, music. Well, see, I think that's what they are sticking with. Because when it comes to American Idol, there's a lot of variety, variety there already, or the voice. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole idea for this is they wanted to make it more of a rock slash metal type thing because we just don't have it here. Anymore. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, because if you're if you're thinking like the Stray Cats, they could totally fit into something like that. But like when when you add on to with the or- orchestral, I mean, I'm sure you'll probably see stuff that like you know if you get like a band that's like Blink 182 or something. Yeah, I'm sure they'll put it on. Oh, there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a ska band would be great. So, that's just my two cents. I I love seeing stuff like this, especially when you become invested in it and you start at the beginning and you're like, I'm really pulling for this person. And So, anyway, back to the music. Alright, so coming up we got some stuff from Metalist PR, Grand Sounds, Quabar PR, and Inverse Records. So we got a lot of good stuff coming your way. Kicking off the next block, the brand new stuff from a band called Nightmare. This is actually a really cool record. So this is called Black September.
this is Roger from No Moss. And also Ben from No Moss. Hey, Henry over here from No Moss. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Come get it. Get lit. Yeah, and John too. <laughs>
right. Some Wormwoods with Caramoon. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Getting ready to close this one out. Appreciate all those that tuned in and hopefully enjoyed it all. The music that we provide as well as the topics. Yeah, you know, DJ Neko likes to call. A lot, apparently. So, uh, before we close it out, got uh, one band left for you. It was actually, I uh, find some interesting things about this. Uh, I met, didn't really meet him personally, but online, uh, Jason A. Wood, who uh, lives out in D.C. Uh, he has his own project that he does some solo stuff with, but then he also has this other project called All Sun Up, which is a symphonic black metal band. Uh, this would be great. This would be someone who could go on to that no covers thing. He's, he's oh yeah, the other project, the uh, the solo stuff that he does is actually progressive metal. So technically, he could do that. I mean, like that's what they were saying: singers, songwriters, and bands. But uh, one thing I didn't know at the time that I had been talking to him online is that he was actually part of a band called Rain Fell Within. This is back from early two thousands. I actually owned their record, believe at one point. I thought they changed their name at one point, but I can't remember. But either way, they, they weren't around anymore. There was a couple. It was like a gothic, uh, progressive band, I think. Uh, but they were from Maryland, or actually from Virginia at the time. So he's been back and forth between Green Greenbelt, Maryland, and D.C. and whatnot. But this project, uh, Old Sonuf, comes from uh, his record Glass Idols, and we're gonna close out with a song called Parasite. So we'll see y'all later. Hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week.